Bible Church. Happy New Year! Would you stand together with us? We're so glad you come to worship with us, and thanks for joining us online. Let's sing this out. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the here today. Why don't you turn around, tell somebody Happy New Year, and welcome them to worship this morning. Well, I hope you had a good time celebrating Christmas and New Year's with your family, and now you get to be with your church family today. We're so, so thankful that you've decided to come and worship on the first Sunday of 2022. You know, I love uh, that we get to do wonderful uh, things in worship, not from just today, but from things in the past. We just sang a really old, old song, right? 
And I love because there's not always times you get to sing songs like, ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ransom from the fall, that we remember that we are a part of the lineage of Israel, that we've been grafted in. That's an incredible truth. But the scripture also tells us to sing new songs to the Lord. In fact, over nine times in the Psalms alone, it says, sing a new song to the Lord. And it's a new year, church family, and we want to teach you a new song. And I love the message of this song. It says, there's nothing that our God can't do. It's even got a little Texas in there. There's nothing that he can't do, right? So we are here in this new year. We have an opportunity to remind our hearts that no matter what our strength has, God has more. God can do the impossible. He can move mountains. He can break chains. Wherever you are in this new year, whatever you feel like, man, I need the Lord to really step in and do, He can do it. And so we want to believe that today. And I want to teach you this chorus. So would you sing it together? It sounds like this. We're going to do it a couple of times. So put your learning hats on and we'll learn this together and we'll keep going. It sounds like this. There's nothing that our God can do. There's not a mountain that he can move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can do. There's nothing that our God can do. There's not a prison wall he can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can do. Sing that together with us. There's nothing that our God can do. There's not a mountain that He can move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can do. There's nothing that our God can do. There's not a prison wall he can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes the way. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's power in his word, power in his presence. We're going to learn this verse together. Just one word. Just one word. You calm the storm that surrounds me. Just one word. The darkness has to retreat. Just one touch. Just one touch. I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes are open to see, my heart can't help but believe. Sing it out. There's nothing that our God can do, there's not a mountain that He can move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way, there's nothing that our God can do. Just one word. What's broken inside me? Just one word, and you revive every tree. Just one touch, the power of heaven, sing it out. Just one touch, 
greet you and know that you are here today and to know how that we can serve you. Cypress Bible Church is a church that gathers, grows, and goes. We gather and grow and go in life-changing worship, truth, and mission. And so we encourage you to join us this year in that. And a few things that we're doing is you'll notice out there in the uh, narthex, um, in the commons area, we have a couple booklets for you. One of those booklets is the current sermon series. Let's see if I can find it here. It's this one on the back, on the person of Christ. So one of the things that we're doing as our Together We Grow series, all year we'll be having all of our sermons will be in booklets like this. And so we're also getting ready for the one that begins in two weeks uh, that Pastor Jonathan Chang will be leading us through, and it's called The Struggle is Real for Six Weeks. And those new booklets are out there. He will also be at the Grow Kiosk, and he can ask, he can answer any questions that you have about it. Also, we're trying to start new groups. And if you are not in a Grow group in our church, this is a time of year that you can get into one. And so either go online and sign up at our website or um, click on the emails that come out that will have information on it, or go to the Grow Kiosk today, and we'd love to get you into a Grow group uh, beginning the week of January 16th. Also, um, if you are between the ages of 2 and 22, we have these little um, bags for you out there uh, to help you. Um, these are for our kids at heart, and uh, Pastor Evan has put these out. Um, it's for kids up to 22 because in them, are some really good candies, which I've already had this morning. Uh, we're talking crunches and Butterfingers, so we love Pastor Evan. Um, so parents, just be aware of that. If your kids are a little bit more active than normal, blame Pastor Evan. Um, last thing is today is also uh, Communion Sunday for us, and so uh, if you have not picked up one of the communion cups, uh, you can run out and get one uh, um, in the commons area. Um, but also, when it's Communion Sunday, we come to the Lord's table, and so I would ask you as we worship, be preparing your heart to come to the Lord's table, that we're to take of the body and blood of Christ in a manner of humility and uh, observing our own heart in a heart of repentance um, and allowing ourselves to be open and vulnerable to the work of the Holy Spirit. So let's keep that in mind as we worship today. Would you pray with me, please? Dear Jesus, we thank you that this is a new year and there is always optimism at the beginning of a new year. And as Christians, it reminds us that we have new life in you, Jesus that it was you, Jesus, that went to the cross on our behalf and purchased our salvation, and we have been given eternal life. And so, Jesus, we ask that you would use this change in the calendar to move us spiritually to be reminded of the new life that we have. And we ask that it would not just last a few days for us, that this would be a year of renewal for us, that we would be renewed in the gospel this year, that we would go deeper into your grace, deeper into what it means to be forgiven, what it means to be a child of God, and what it means to be your ambassador here on earth. And so we ask for a spirit of renewal in our hearts, in our families, in our church this year. And we give all praise to you, Lord Jesus, that we have hope and love and joy. Bless us today as we worship you. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Church, would you stand together as we continue to worship?
was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day sing that again at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day God thank you that you chose to send your son as a rescue for your people and that we can be grafted into a story that was written so long before we were even born. And thank you that you knit us together inside of our mother's womb and you have this plan and this purpose for each and every one of us. And Lord, I pray in this new year as we begin, I pray that you would keep our focus, our attention towards you, our affection stirred for you, God. And Lord, remind us that the power of the gospel still changes lives today. God, we love you. It's in the powerful and strong name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Happy New Year. Today is a day of New Year's resolutions breaking because it's the second day of the new year. Has anyone broken their resolutions yet? Okay, one person. That's good. You, there's still chance for the rest of you. So today I'm building on what we talked about last week about our identity in Christ. It's one thing to have an identity. It's another thing to have a duty in terms of what exactly are you supposed to do now that you know your identity in Christ. Before we get into that, though, I have a little time for audience participation. I'm curious to know, and by, what I mean by audience participation is I'm going to ask you some questions, and feel free to shout it out. As I said last week, normally I teach in a class called TUGAB, to gather all believers, and people are always talking and interrupting, and I love it. I can, I can deal with it. So today I want to ask three questions. We'll start with the first one. What are the major problems facing the world? World peace? World peace or lack thereof? So can I say war? What's COVID? Okay, I've heard of that. Deception. What was that? Lack of knowledge of Jesus. Whoa. What else? Politics. Who said politics? Not a politician. Okay. Lack of compassion. Did I hear somebody say rush? Trust. Man. Greed? Media. Wow. Media. Ignorant. Wow. Lawlessness. Okay, that's good. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> okay. Other than what we already said, could we agree uh, war, COVID, deception, lack of knowledge, politics, uh, trust, media, ignorance, 
Can we agree that America's facing the same problems? Anybody want to add anything to what are the biggest problems that America's facing? Crime? Okay, crime. That's for... Oh, compassion and understanding. That's a good one. You know, I was thinking um, context. Being able to take somebody in context. You know, I told you, I went to seminary to take the Bible in context. So that when I look at God's word, it is reading out to me. And telling me what it has to say. And when I say it, I mean God. What God has to say. In the same way, context, this idea of compassion and understanding. I have the same problem with my wife. Just like you. With your spouse. With your friends. Because she says something. Even even this morning, we had a, a question of context. What is the context that you meant that when you said that thing because we want to take it a certain way. And this happens all the time with the media because they will misquote somebody and they will create a context for you to live in about somebody else. But what did the person really mean? What does that person, and I'll say this across the aisle of your political persuasion, what do they really mean? What did they really say? It's really easy to take somebody out of context and to misunderstand them. I wonder if there's a solution. Okay, what about Cyprus? What are some of the things, and when I say Cyprus, I mean Cyprus, Texas, not the island nation of Cyprus. What are some of the things that Cyprus, Texas, what are some of our biggest problems? Other than these, especially other than war. Uh, anybody here, the last few nights, there has been a war going on. New Year's, fireworks, okay, maybe not. Okay, Cyprus, taxes. Yes, Cyprus, Texas, not taxes. <laughs> what else? How's the Cypher school district doing? Anyone, anyone talk to a Cypher teacher to find out how Cypher is doing, the Cypher school district? It is a wreck, a train wreck. The situation in the classroom is so bleak. I could spend the whole time talking about it, but I will not. And this is the next generation that's coming up. Okay. Well, we've, we've identified, I don't know, 10, 20. I'm sure we could sit here for a lot longer and come up with more and more issues and problems that the world and America and Cyprus are facing. But here's the reality. Where does your identity meet this? You learn... Last week, or Lord willing, you already knew in God's word that you are a citizen of heaven, a politiuma. See, that word politics is in there. You are part of heavenly citizenship. Yes, you're also an American, but your primary citizenship is in heaven, and you are an ambassador from that nation, if you want to think of it in those terms. You're an ambassador. So you legally represent God here on earth. But my question to you all, in the face of all of these problems, oh citizen and ambassador, what have you been doing to solve these problems? And what is your duty? Have you become a mouthpiece for the Democrat Party? 
have you become a mouthpiece for the Republican Party? Well, surely one of them's right. I mean, those are the choices we have. But I didn't come here to talk about politics. That was last week. But the Bible does tell us how to solve these problems. It's the word of God, not the word of Jeremy. It's the word of God, and I pray that you would understand that it is the word of God and not my word. So today we're going to be looking in Matthew 28. We're going to be looking at the Great Commission. We're going to look at verses 18 through 20, but we're going to take our time and look at 18 first. It says in Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus, and Jesus, by the way, is with 11 disciples before he's going to ascend into heaven. So this is the big mission for them. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Who has the authority in heaven and earth? Jesus. So the thing he's going to say next very much deals with himself and the authority that he has. And the focus that he is. And so bearing in mind that he is the one who has all the authority and he is the focus. And by the way, you should take your time when you're reading God's word. We could spend all morning just looking at this and talking about it. So when you read God's word, make sure that you're taking your time and observing what it says. Because what comes next is big. It says, 2819A, any Canadians? Okay, bad joke. Go therefore, in light of Jesus' authority, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples. Now here's the, the interesting thing. The Greek, it's very easy to see. And I wish there was a Texas version of this. Because it's basically saying, y'all go and y'all make disciples. See, the Greek pronoun can be hidden in the verb itself. And here we have a few verbs. Go is a verb. Are you going? Make disciples is a verb. It's one word. In fact, it's y'all make disciples. Y'all go. Y'all make disciples. And this verb for make disciples is a verb called mathetuo. Mathetuo. Okay, mathetuo is to be one that is a disciple of somebody else who makes another disciple. This is the big command to make disciples. And the word disciple is mathetes. Mathetes is a learner. Mathetes is an apprentice. Oh, you can study it. It's, it's all in, in Greek writings, and it's in the writings of the other ch early church. It's in the writings of the New Testament. You can see it a little bit in the Old Testament as well. This idea of being a disciple. Somebody's the focus, and the focus here is Jesus. So when you're called to go and make disciples, you are called to go and make disciples of Christ. In fact, called to go and make disciples, your life and what I mean by your life, y'all's life, and my life, it should be very much defined by what we're doing about discipling others. You know what it says in Genesis 1? Be fruitful and multiply. You're going to, uh, for, the, for your seed, you will produce after your kind. So in one way or another, you are going to disciple somebody. 
But it's interesting here, it says, go therefore and make disciples. What does it not say? It does not say, go and make converts. Convert is step one. Disciple is steps two through the rest of your life. We're not called to go and just make converts. We're called to go and make disciples. If you just want to make a convert, then the next slide will help you to see what just making a convert and not a disciple is like. It is very much like this. A lamb. Now, what do you, what do you notice about these lambs? Plural of lamb is lambs. Sheep. Okay, it's a sheep too. Look at the sheep. The sheep is by itself. This lamb is by itself. No one is with this lamb. And so the coyotes and the wolves and the animals come in and they attack it. Because this lamb is not being discipled. It is easy prey. Just like the child. Which, that should hit more home when you look at the child sitting there, the baby crawling on the street. Is that a good idea? No. No one's discipling that baby. No one's raising that baby. Discipleship is a a relationship. Discipleship is people with people. It's iron sharpening iron. And with it, with the idea of discipleship, it's it's not like Star Wars where you have the the master and the the apprentice. In, In a way it is, but in another way, the master is learning too. You are a lifelong disciple. And if you are not discipling somebody, you're preparing them for this. I've been guilty of this. Not with my children. But I've been guilty of this. I have shared the gospel with people who've come to know the Lord, and I have no idea where they are, what's going on with them. But I know this. Maybe they're in the Lord's hands and maybe they found somebody, but maybe this was their end. A little lamb or a baby. Discipleship is like physical growth. The difference is this. I'm 45, okay? And and you know how old you are and you know what you look like. I look like a 45-year-old male. But spiritually, what could I look like? What could you look like? It doesn't work this way. I told you last week, I was born in 76. I I was reborn in 81, which that would make me 40 in the Lord. But I could be 40 in the Lord and look like the infant. If no one was discipling me, and what are infants like? They need to be cleaned. They spit up all these things. Dirty diapers. Anyone ever change dirty diapers? How about spiritual dirty diapers? Toddlers, so infants need a lot of work. Toddlers start to test boundaries, right? Adolescents and teenagers, they think they know everything. But they need to be handled a certain way. Adults start to grow to the point where they are passing things on to others, but every step of the way, you're passing things on to somebody else. You are discipling somebody. (laughs) You're discipling them. 
My friends, I submit to you that the biggest problem that the world, America and Cyprus, Texas is facing is that Christians, we, are not making disciples of Christ. We are making disciples. If we were making disciples of Christ, and here's the thing, it's not just, you see that the people here, people reproduce. And I'm not just talking about your kids. If you have kids, you are discipling them. And you may not like the way that they're looking. That means that you need more time with them to disciple them. You realize in the Old Testament, the generation that took over the promised land, Joshua's generation, these great people, people that crossed the Red Sea on dry land, people that saw all the miracles in the desert and the miracles in Egypt, what did it say of their generation that followed them, their kids? They neither knew the Lord nor worshipped him as God because they were not discipled. Deuteronomy 6 is such an important chapter. They're supposed to be pouring into their children. You should pour into your children. You should pour into your spiritual children. Your physical and spiritual children. So this is the biggest problem facing all three, is that we, we are not discipling. Let's press on. So you go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is really simple. You, if you're a believer, you should be baptized. Be associated with the triune God. God is three in person, but one in essence. Well, that sounds crazy. Yeah, but he's God and he's so far above us. He's, he has so many more dimensions to us. But you want to be associated with him and this is part of it. It's not just about, well, you know what, I'm going to be a disciple, but I'm only going to focus on the Old Testament. Well, God, in Scripture, he reveals himself more and more to his people. And so it's not just about Moses. It's not just about Daniel. It's about the entire, entirety of God's word. Okay? And so this is what we're, you're making disciples of, not just of the Old Testament. You know, there's a lot of Christians who say, hey, we really need to be listening to the Jewish rabbis. Sorry. We really need to be listening to the Jewish rabbis because they're the ones who really understand Judaism. The same people that are running Judaism now are the same people that were running it when the first tem or second temple was destroyed by the Romans, when God rejected it. Now, we need to know how to get into God's word and not look outside of what it says here, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here's a big one teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. All that Jesus commanded. Uh, here's a question. If discipleship is supposed to be so important to what we're called to do, because that's what God's word says, that we should all be doing it, here's my question. I wrote it down so that I get it right. If your work knowledge was only to the extent of your Bible knowledge, would they keep you employed? It's not just about making disciples, it's about being a disciple as well. And if you're going to be a disciple, then you will be a learner, an apprentice of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you find the instructions here in God's word, and you will teach. It doesn't mean that you have to get up here and teach like I'm doing. But you're going to teach somebody because people are watching you. 
whether you like it or not, and they will mimic what you do. My kids are great at it. <laughs> I'll say a word sometimes, and, and Dad, that you cuss. I said, no, that's not a cuss word. Oh, then I'm allowed to say that word? Well, <laughs> when you put it like that. <laughs> Thank you all for doing that. I appreciate it. Keeps me on my toes. But you're supposed to teach. You've got to get into God's word. Let's look at some of the things that Jesus said. It says, teaching them to observe all that I commanded. We're not going to go over every single one of these, but look at the list. I just went a little bit into the gospels of what Jesus commanded. Practice righteousness for God, not for man. Yo, you want your name to be in lights? You've got your reward. Your name is in lights, but your father is not interested. Do not store up earthly wealth, but heavenly treasures. Hey, don't, don't worry. Don't worry, be happy. Seek the kingdom of God first. Be a doer. Be a doer of the word of God. Oh, that's like James. Not, not a hearer only. Become like Jesus. Do we ever say that here? It's Cyprus. <laughs> Follow God's word over tradition. That's a big one. What traditions are you following? What else does it say? Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Make other disciples. Go after the lost. Love your enemies. Yeah, but what if they're on the other side of the aisle? Whoa. Well, what side are you on? Well, that's another good one. I'm going to stop a second here. You know, when Joshua was going to go and attack Jericho, before he went down to Jericho, you, you know what? He ran into an angel of the Lord, and, and he asked that angel, are you on our side, or are you on their side? Are you on Israel's side, or are you on Jericho's side? Anybody know what the angel of the Lord said? He said, no, neither. I'm on God's side. So which side are you on? Okay. Love your enemies. Be merciful and pardon. Be fully trained. Ooh, that's in there. There's references there if you want to look it up. Uh, work on removing your own sin first. Doesn't mean you can't help to remove somebody else's sin, but you've got to remove your own sin first. Love other disciples. Oh, that's a big one. Bear much fruit. You're going to be hated by the world, by the way. You could still be fallible, yet still be... Guess what? I'm fallible. I make mistakes. In fact, I, I have a group of guys that I'm accountable to. And I confess my sins to them. And they confess their sins to me. We're accountable to one another. Uh, sometimes you give up and run home. Sometimes you doubt. Sometimes you're lovingly restored from sin. Be a disciple. But this is just in the Gospels. Is that all you have to do? Just so long as you comb the Gospels and say, oh, I'm teaching all that Jesus commanded. No, it's not enough. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. All Scripture. Look, I had fun going through the Gospels and finding these little tidbits. You could get into God's Word and find all sort of tidbits. Oh, but Jeremy, I'm old. That's okay. You know, it is the first, or the first Sunday of the new year. You should make some real resolution. Make some Christian resolutions. Get into God's Word. I don't care how old you are or how young you are or how messed up you are. Why don't you read the Bible and see how messed up God's people are? You know that uh, Jacob had four wives? Does that sound messed up? 
You should read all about it. God's people are messed up. You're messed up too. I'm messed up too, okay? But we keep going. We keep going, and we look at all of God's word, not just the Gospels themselves, not just the New Testament, but also the Old Testament. And then look at this great thing, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He is with us always. This should be a great comfort. We're not alone. We have each other, and Jesus as well. He's the source. All authority has been given to him. So let's think about some nice takeaways from this. Jesus is our sovereign. He is the focus. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you need to hear God's word and do God's word. You also have to make other disciples. We're going to get into your gifting here in a second. But you have to make other disciples. And know the word and teach the word. Be baptized. If you haven't been baptized yet, I don't care if you've been a believer in 40 years. Come and, and let us know so that we can celebrate with you. All right, let's look at what else the Bible has to say. Now we're going to look in Ephesians chapter 4, a verse, a passage very well known to Cypress Bible Church. It was uh, all over the place when I first started coming here back in the 90s. But let's take a look. Ephesians 4, we'll just look at 11 through 12. And he, that is Jesus, gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Four. Why did he give them? Look at that. You can just observe it right here. Why did he do it? He did it for the equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? You. If you've heard me say the word you and you're a believer in Christ, you are a saint. And what are the saints equipped for? The work of ministry to the building up of the body of Christ. Oh, but isn't that the pastor's job? Aren't they supposed to build up the body of Christ? Yes! It's also your job. It's all of our jobs. Everybody has their part to play. God equipped leadership of a church to equip the believers of the church so that they can do ministry, so that you can do ministry. And why is the church being built up? This is how the church is built up. It's built up until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. You grow in Christ. You don't come to know the Lord 20 years ago and still be a baby. You've got to get into his word. Look, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad if you, if you haven't done it yet. I'm excited because you've got an amazing adventure ahead of you. And, and what did Pastor Dave say earlier? Their grow groups are starting. Oh, what a great thing. This is a great opportunity for you to get involved in a grow group and to be discipled and disciple others. I meet with a guy every Tuesday. Right, Brandon? Are we meeting this week? Okay, next week. Not this week. I meet with this guy every Tuesday. Why? Because he wants to be sharpened and I want to sharpen. And I've been able to sharpen him and he's been able to sharpen me. You can do this. It doesn't matter how far along you are. It's, it's a beautiful thing to grow in maturity because every single person can learn something. Even Pastor Bukema had many things to learn. Even Pastor Dave Gibson 
we're always growing in Christ until we're dead. Once you're dead, you stop growing in Christ. You're done. Sorry, that was a downer. <laughs> but as long as you're alive, there's a chance. All right, let's see what the rest says. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, and doctrine is teaching, by the trickery of men. Hey, there's false teachers out there, my friends. By craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. Growth. Grow group. Grow. You need to grow in Christ. Do you realize, I, I showed you the picture of the baby in the street crawling and those poor lambs. You realize if you're not growing, you're going to fall for every wind of doctrine? And if you fall for every wind of doctrine, you're going to fall for false teaching and you're going to believe in false things that will lead you nowhere but to pain and suffering and believing in lies. And in some of the things we talked about, you're going to fall for those things. Deception, the media, you fall into all those things. If you get into false teaching, your focus falls into the wrong things. But don't be children, so you've got to grow. You grow up to Christ. What about from Christ? From whom the whole body, from Jesus, the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. You are all parts of that body. Oh, that we had a, a spiritual artist who could draw our body of this local church to see what we look like. Would we be healthy? Or would we be limping along? Would we be in a spiritual wheelchair? Would we be an invalid? Would we be a quadriplegic? If we are, it's because we need you. You can't put it all on the pastors here. Great sermon one time, Pastor Gibson, Dave Gibson, and a guy, Nick Sanofsky, Pastor Nick Sanofsky, said, you know, do you think we're the ones discipling you? Do I meet with you every week? No, it's the people you meet with every week. So you need to be engaged. And maybe you are in a group with one of the pastors. Fantastic. But we need you. We need your part. You're tailor-made. Did you know that? Let's look at some takeaways from this. God equipped church leadership to equip you all. It's not just so they can stand up here and, and sound funny and look cool or whatever. Which I may not be doing either one right now. I don't know. But you are called to do the ministry. Whoa, I don't have time for that. I got a full-time job. <laughs> You're called. Well, you, you can do your part. You know who else has a full-time job? Me. I'm a crummy used house salesman. That's terrible. But I have free time where I can devote to building up my children and building up my brothers and sisters in Christ. You can too. You will do the thing that's important to you. My personal trainer that I used to have, he told me that. People do the things that are important to them. Isn't that right, Jonathan Chang? He was my personal trainer. Grow and mature in unity together. Do it together. This is the church. We do it together. And sound doctrine, it's not in the traditions of men. It's not in the cool things that some preacher comes up with. It's in God's word. Oh, I missed one, didn't I? 
and every believer, including you, you've been tailor-made. So go and fit into that spot. And finally, be discipled. Know God's word and live it out. And don't just be discipled yourself. Disciple others. Well, I can't disciple anybody. Yes, you can. You already are. If you're doing a poor job at it, then get better. I'm trying to get better too. Get into a ministry that suits your spiritual gifting. If you're saying, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that ministry, then don't do it. Do the one that God has made you for. You've been made for a purpose. And you're, you're making made for a purpose is to build up the church. And we're going to be weak without you. Without you, we are weak. And have a heart for all nations. You can be a missionary here. When I, I underline the word all, you know what nation I, I'm really thinking about? America. Because most of us are here. If we were doing our job, America or Cyprus, how about this? Cyprus would be filled with disciples. But we're not making disciples. So let's start doing it. Second day of the new year, let's start making disciples. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this time we've had to get into your word. Lord, I ask you would forgive us in the ways that we fail you. And I thank you, Lord, for your great forgiveness. For you died for us, Lord. You reconciled us to the Father through your blood. Lord, we thank you for this time and, and ask that you would, the things that you've convicted each and every one of us to do, that we would do it so that we would be a mature body of believers. Doing the ministry, building it into others, Lord, so that they can build it into others. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now Pastor Dave is going to lead us in the Lord's table. I was so focused on praying that I forgot my mic. In many churches, in the bulletin, it will say Holy Communion. And that's what we're about to partake of. Because it's a holy thing that we, the followers of Christ, his disciples, have been called to do. Is to be, as we go to disciple the nations, we have to be his disciple. And we have to know him. And we know him by coming to him in this holy fashion. And as we come to him, let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul says, So whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Therefore, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Would you just take a few moments here, and I'll then lead us, but let's just close our eyes and allow the Holy Spirit and ask him to reveal to you things that you need to repent of, things you need to confess to him, and things that you need to allow Jesus to cleanse you from. Would you do so? Dear Jesus, you were pierced for our transgressions. And so as we come to you, we know that you have taken our sins away from us and you have nailed them to the cross where you were nailed. And we thank you that you are such a loving and gracious redeemer 
that you not only forgive our sins, but you forget them and that you put an end to them. Help us, dear Jesus, as we come to your table, that we would be refreshed in your gospel, that we would be renewed in your eternal life, that we will feel and know and believe the assurance of our salvation. As we partake of the bread and drink of the wine, allow us to be reminded of your passion for us. What drove you to the cross was to have us with you in eternity with the Father, that we would be the children of God. And so, Jesus, we come to your table rejoicing that you have purchased and earned our salvation. All glory be to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. As you take the cup, pull off the top seal of it, which, yes, all of us have difficulty in doing, and take the wafer and eat. The Lord Jesus, when he had taken the bread and given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is the body which you eat in remembrance of me. But in the same way, he said, after the cup had been passed, he said, this is the cup in my new covenant, in my blood. And whenever you drink of it, you do so in remembrance of me. So let us now open the cup and drink of the wine. Lord Jesus, we ask that we have a greater experience of your grace as we partake. Apply to us your spirit and your word this day, knowing how good you are. And encourage us, dear Jesus, through this table in knowing that we are yours and that we walk in the newness of life in a new year. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Church, we want to sing a song of gratitude and thanks for the blood of Christ. And if you don't know it, then we want you to try to learn it together with us. And as soon as you pick up on it, sing it out with us. It's called Thank You for the Blood.